0: immigrant life, immigrant life. Okay? Okay. Recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. My lifestyle is when I come to this country and I have nothing. Okay? First day we spend two months in Piedras Negras. Two months as eight weeks. I run out of my one of my babies, uh, boys, my second boy, almost died over there because he was starving to death. I have no food. I have nothing to feed him. I don't even have no money for buying him a milk. All the money is it was run out. No more money. Okay. And then when they finally cross me this this side. The man that crossed me over here have mercy for my son and bring me to his wife and his wife feeds her uh, make 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 him a little like uh, something to drink. It's like crunchy corn. You know what is the, what is crunchy corn? The corn that you mm-hmm. blend it in the blender and then you make it like something to when well, you starving and you don't have no food in your stomach so he can have something to cheer on because he don't even have anything in his little stomach to cheer out. So that's how your uncle Edgar was surviving. with so this drink that this lady made for him. So that night we got across the border about one o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, real, real late and somebody cross him and his, and his uh, shoulders cross the street over here from Brazil, uh, Rio, Bravo, Rio Bravo. So we cross over here this side, I spent almost six months with no job, knocking every single door, door by door, please can I help you to clean your house clean dishes, or I can cook for you, I can do whatever I can. My son is hungry, I need to feed him. I don't even have, my little Edgar have no money for buy his milk. I was starving to death. I was living in this time with one of my aunts. My aunts treat me like I was her enemy, not her, she, she wasn't treating me like I was part of the family anymore. She wanted me to start selling my body for money. And I said, no, it's not the, the way my mother raised me. She called me stupid because she said that I was so stupid. because I have a son that he was starving the dead, and I will not sell my body. I said, no, you sell your own body. So I got on my knees, and I prayed and ask the Lord to have mercy on me and give me a job somehow or somewhere. I run to this church. It was a Christian church. The man over there tell me that he was gonna find me a job next day. He pick me up four o'clock in the morning because he was gonna take me to uh, some cleaner so I can start cleaning clothes and pressing. I leave my child with my aunt she was gonna watch it for me so I can go find a job. So what this guy do, drive me to the church and he tried to he wanted to start raping me. Thanks God I get away and I run home because it was another file. So I run home. Maybe three miles running. I make it home, I tell my aunt what happened to me and she don't even say nothing, she just says, well, whatever, why you don't do that? Your you, you son is hungry, you don't have no money to give your son. What you gonna do to survive. So that's, that's how you, there's the kind of life you face in this country that they tell you that's gonna be a good country for a good opportunity of work. Mm-hmm. You can't really. If you, if you don't know anybody, and if nobody is willing to give you a hand, you buy your own. And the only one that's going to be with you to uh, pick you up out of the floor is Jesus Christ. I went to a Catholic church round one morning to a Catholic church around 10 o'clock in the morning with my son crying next day when all this happened. And I was crying and I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I can't take it no more, please, you gotta bless me, I need a job. I need a job. I left one little girl behind with my grandma, three years old, It was Minerva Borde. She was left over there. The father for the Catholic Church got mercy on me and he saw me crying, he said, no cry, here you go. He gave me 20 dollars. With those $20, I think I won the lottery, so I spent $10 on my son and myself, something to eat. I bought a little chicken, and I went and cooked the chicken, and one half a gallon of milk, and the rest of it, I got $10 left. I sent my mother a note with $10, folding in uh, aluminum, folding, aluminum foil, so she, money that she never even got somebody stole it. It was my sister or or my niece over there in Mexico. So my daughter keeping living with my mom. I was worried that she may be starving the dead. I can't even sleep every single night. I can't even eat every day because all I can think is about my little girl, three years old, I left her behind. Every single night that I I go to bed, I can see people raping my my little girl, my own cousins, my own family raping my my little girl. Or oh, she go in the lake and somehow she drying on this water. I jump in there trying to find my girl. I can't find my little girl. Oh, everything I can find is her little clothes and some uh, uh, limbs in the water. It was pretty hard for me to wake up and screaming and crying again. You can't eat. You can't sleep when you're childless away from you. But this is immigrant's life. You come from somewhere. She don't know anybody. She don't know what to do to survive. Then finally, God blessed me mm-hmm. and, I, and I find a job in this Progress Laundry in Franklin, Waco, Texas, mm-hmm. United States. I met my husband, the man, the man that I, I was asking God to to give me a, a man so I can marry and go pick her on my daughter. Yeah, somebody or everybody will think well she marry because the papers. I don't care what anybody think. Everything I, I think that I have to go pick her on my daughter the same way I promise. When I left my little girl, she was holding my two fees with her two little arms. Mommy, please not leave me over here with Grandma. Please not leave me. Please not leave me. Take me with you. My heart is cut in a million pieces. And what I do, I have to slap her real hard in the face so she can quit screaming and crying and going insane. I have to walk away in a cold, cold heart after I slap my little girl three years old, as slapped across from her little face. It was the only way she quit crying and lose my legs, let my little legs go. So now I married this man, and was American, I said, finally, I'm going for my girl, because I promised to my little girl, if you let me go, I promise I will come back and pick you up in two years. I promise, I don't know what my ho- I have to do and I don't care what I have to do, but I'm coming to pick you up in two years. After two years, I went and picked my daughter. I was so happy. Like everything cost, when I first picked of my little girl, my husband now, Kenny Cooper, me and him, we went and picked my little girl, went to Mexico City, rent a motel, the first thing he done, slap at the chair of my little girl, a slap at the back and forth her two little cheeks because the little girl went to sleep with her mommy. Right beside, because she's been spending two years, two long years without seeing her mom. So for this, she don't run, so she gotta get slapped and beat the chair. This is the kind of sacrifices as a illegal immigrants have to put it all to survive and provide for her own kids. I coming over here in this country, I have another baby, my next one. I was pregnant already. My husband, a United States American like everybody else. And I don't care if I hurt somebody else's feelings. Living out of the fat of the land of United States, I never did it. Because I never asked for anything. I worked my butt off to provide for my kids. I never asked for the government, not for diapers, not for milk, not for nothing, not for delivering my kids over here. What did the Americans ESO say? Oh, you have to get dressed and get ready so you can go and sit down and over there and sort your service so they can start controlling your pregnancy so they can give you milk. And diapers and paying for you delivering your baby. I said listen to me, sorry one. The government not open my lies to give a baby my stomach. You the one to donate. And you know what? Well this is not Mexico, this is America. I said let me tell you something American shit. I'm Mexican and that's not the way I've been raised. So you are gonna get up there and find yourself another job or working overtime or whatever and if you wanted me to go over there to source of service i'll tell you what you you really want to be so sorry as I, I can get out right now and go apply for a job but if you're not ashamed i'll give you my clothes it's the only clothes that i have on because you never buy me any clothes mm-hmm. and you put it on okay and you already look pregnant so you don't have to fake you not pregnant. Paint your face act like you are Timia and you're pregnant now. You go sit down over there and ask for help because this Mexican woman not gonna go ask anybody to help me raise my kids. Or pay for my kids to come in and disorder. So he beat the chair on me because I will not obey the king. I got myself it up. Now it's the same, as the things the immigrants have to live for. I went to the uh, church, I talked to the pastor so he can uh, tell me what to do because my papers arrive already over here so I have to fill it up, those papers so I can go pick up my little girl. You know what the, the sorry man said? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get it later. He put in those doors for on almost a year feels like it was forever and until I come in with the pastor and the pastor talk to him tell him if you don't fill out all these papers for immigration for her I will just give me those papers and I'll get it done for her no I will get it done it's the only reason he fixed those papers so I can be living over here in this country illegal it's the things that we got to go through when you illegal immigrant for another country I was so happy because I was finally going to go pick her up my daughter. This is before I picked her up my daughter, Minerva. So after he filled it up, I, then I went pick her up, I picked her up. But yeah, that's the way you suffer. Later on I was ready to leave because I've been taken advantage, abused being like in jail, locked in. I can't even go to the store with my kids. I can't even take them to the park. I can't even go outside of the apartment that we was living because the door, it was all the time locked. He locked me like I was an animal. I lived 16 years, almost 16 years locked in the cage. I wasn't allowed to talk to nobody. I wasn't allowed to go nowhere, just to be home, cook and clean and raise kids. Every time that he feel, he rape me and use me and abuse me and go cheat on me. Never buy the kids clothes, never buy me clothes, no even underwear. So I was treated like a freaking slave. It's the things that illegal immigrants have to go through because they know you need the help. This is stealing the uh, income tax for my kids every single year, my kids never see one dollar to buy their sales clothes or nothing. And he's getting paid. The government pay him a thousand dollars or maybe more for each kid. And where does this money go? To his fat-ass packet, okay? It's the life that these women immigrants have to live. Now I'm so proud because finally, I feel a little bit freedom. I have my own kids grown up. Everybody is married. Thanks God, nobody, nobody is dead, everybody is alive, but I have to suffer. So those papers cost me blood. To have my daughter besides me over here in the United States cost me blood and tears, starvation, and hunger. This is the life the immigrants, some immigrants, got to go through. Yeah, I got the chance to prostitute myself. My aunt say, Why well, you not know sell, you sell? One day, there was a man knocking on the door, telling me, giving me a lot of bunch of money. Diablo was touching me because he wanted me to start selling my body for money. I said, no sir, thank you very much, I don't do that. He was giving me a wallet full of this stick with pure hundred dollars for selling myself and I will not go for it. I don't even have a penny to buy my son one gallon of milk. But I'm still not doing it because it's not the way I've been raised. So for anybody that they think that we're coming over here to take anything away from this country, believe me, I'm not coming over here to take anything for nobody. I'm coming over here to try to survive and give my kids a better life. And I can keep going and going and going after this. Raised my kids, broke my neck. My husband stole all the money that they give me for my neck broke. I have a, say, a, a risk. A, a, I got a little bit money. It was like 27. They, are, they are really have time enough to go in and pick it off from the bank because my one of my friends helped me, I don't even know how to do that. So maybe I got twenty-eight or twenty seven thousand dollars so I paid for this house. For me this house has been a blessing. The Lord give me this house because this house is it was worth more than a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So I got it for really nothing. God was watching over me. What the man do after he find out I went and get all the money out to buy the house for my kids. After I break my neck, he tried to choke me, kill me, and choke me to death with my neck brace. Mm-hmm. Like I said, everything that we do, you pay for. Things that immigrants have to go through there. That. That's life of me, uh, some immigrants. This one was my life in the United States. Now I'm happy, because I finally have a, a house, same house that God gives me because God gave it to me. With this little bitty money, the owners, I call the owners I say, and I tell them what happened, and they, and they say, well, the man said, let me talk to my wife, and if my wife says, okay, do you trust us to send us the twenty seven or $28,000, whatever you have? I said, yes, but I already lost everything anyways. So I send them a money order they give they send me the papers for the house. So now and my own I own my own house to help everybody that needs help in this life. Because once upon a time I was without nothing, living in the streets. With really nothing. Cause my husband, every time that he gets mad, kicked me out of the house and just Keep me out of the house. I have no house, no place to go. So I know how to feel as homeless. And not because I have a house and I got a nice and neat things, that this means I don't know how to feel like having nothing. I know how to feel having nothing. But this is life, hard life that sometimes we gotta swallow and keep going and live it, living day by day. Hoping and pray my grandkids never have to live through their situation. Hoping and pray my kids never have to be without nothing. That's why before I die I'm gonna leave some money to my grandkids and my kids. And if they choose to give it to their lazy wives, throw them in the garbage, go have fun, that's because they don't know how this old woman have to work hard to save every month. For the payment for the insurance some people think i'm crazy because they say i'm working for somebody else there that's not even my family it's okay no problem with me because when i have each kid i promise to god that i was gonna take care of it until the end and when i die i will be happy that my kids at least they have they're gonna have twenty five thousand dollars each one. Maybe it's not much, but at least they will have a down payment for a little house or something. At least they will not be homeless in the streets. And and if it's real real bad about it, at least they can give it to my grandkids if they don't want it. But I will believe in something. They will learn that they have an amazing mother they, never, that they that they never will have one more like that. Sacrifice all her life for better life for my kids. That's what I did. This is my immigrant life. I can be gone and gone. This is the life of an immigrant my grandma's immigrant life yes my my grandma's immigrant life if you want episode 2 tune in next time thank you